0: Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio.
1: Emma Holmes is on
0: fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. A special live edition from Arizona of Arrowhead Pride Radio. We are at Hub Rock Live, the Chief's home in Arizona. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwerke, Pete Sweeney. With us for the next hour. This will be a lot of fun, guys. We got a great crowd. This is a huge crowd here in Arizona. We got Christian Okoye here. Yeah. Nick Lowry. Neil Smith. Really fun scene. We're gonna be hanging out for the next hour, getting you set for some Chiefs football.
2: Well,
3: I think this is uh this is exactly what we had envisioned when you're like, all right, midweek. Alex, you even questioned it. You
1: said uh, you know, 4 o'clock on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. What's that going to look like? Looks
3: like everyone showed up. I
1: think we're okay. Yeah, you know what? Typically, I guess, I guess it's like a darker shade of red. It's the Cardinals <laughs> red. This is a, a, different, <laughs> a different shade, but it, it's packed in this bar. And, man, it's only Wednesday, right? So you're, you're going to start to see, I think, more and more Chiefs fans invading the valley as we go along here. And I remember Miami and how loud it was at Hard Rock. Starting to get the feeling <laughs> right now that might be in a repeat of, of LIV. How, uh,
3: how many episodes has uh, Arrowhead Pride Radio been live? Is this the first ever live episode of
1: Arrowhead Pride Radio? I think it is. As in, like, in public? I think it is. And and shout out to our usual host, Dusty, who couldn't make this trip. We'll be back next week for, I know a lot of Kansas Cityans are hoping to win, but we'll, we'll get you through if it goes the other way. But we're missing him tonight, and, and this is a lot of fun.
3: Well, there's a lot to get to, obviously, because the team is – Pete, you've been covering them all week. There's only one final availability left. Yeah. And then we are stuck wondering who and will be ready. And I think at this point, I guess I'm just supposed to assume that most of the roster will be healthy by the time we get there. But th- I still wonder a little bit about Juju. Yeah. I mean, I know you're not out there at practice, but like, yeah. considering how he was walking after the game, even though he's been out there – we talk about Mahomes percentage. Where are we going to be by Juju by the time this thing starts?
1: Man, I've been around Juju Smith-Schuster and Kadarius Tony all week. And not that you you can tell whether or not a guy's going to play from the quote unquote vibe check, but these guys seem to be so laid back and fired up. I just I couldn't see a scenario. I was talking to Juju today. We just posted an article at arrowheadpride.com about him and how happy he is in Kansas City and how he really wants to stay here next year. And he was joking around. He was gassing up Joshua Williams today and and stealing microphones from the local media. He's just <laughs> he's too jolly right now for a guy who's not gonna play. <laughs> I, I just I tend to think Juju's gonna play. Kadarius said the other night at media night he, you know, he wouldn't miss this game either. So look at what the injury report says. We should get the the first one momentarily here. I I would think it, it when we left our. Our lovely Airbnb in in downtown Phoenix. Uh, it hadn't been posted yet, but I'm I'm assuming momentarily we'll get our initial injury report of Super Bowl. Yeah, week. I'm
0: with you on on Tony and, and Juju because I think the the exact word he even used talking about Tony was I'm definitely playing yeah. on, on Sunday. I don't like I I know athletes think they're gonna play all the time, but like when you say it like that in a Super Bowl week, like to me it's an ankle injury as well. You feel better about it being an ankle injury in an odd way than with him. Uh, you know, soft tissue injuries, right, hamstring injuries, things like that that you could actually see keeping them out. And then we know Legereus Sneed is, is out of concussion protocol. I th- yes, I think so I'm this, good there. I think they're going to be good. I think they're yeah. going to be healthy for this game on Sunday.
1: Legereus Le- Sneed, uh, just one second, Legereus Sneed and that happening the first night, I think that eased everything because concussions are so weird, right? Some guys can be back in a week they, if they pass all, all the tests. Other guys, it it takes a long time for them so to get back be two, two, two or three or back, four right? weeks. And so – To get that out of your system and and say, okay, not only are you going to have those rookies who played like studs in the AFC Championship, but you're going to have your best cornerback, your veteran cornerback there, inside, outside, does it all. And I think that can mix things up, too, as you face a really good Eagles passing attack.
3: Pete, one of the things that absolutely stood out to me. So, like, media night, right? I I know there's a lot of goofing around. We're not out here trying to get, like, big, bold takes. But, you know... uh, Spaggs was getting asked about the rookies. And somebody pointed out the thing that we all know about Andy Reid and Spags, which is, hey, man, you don't like to play rookies. And he corrected him. He's like, I like to play rookies. I just don't play people who aren't ready to play. Right. And I think when that's – that to me is what – like, Gold and I have gone back and forth, and we, we talked a little bit on – in Jacksonville and, you know, about Jacksonville and stuff. they are like, all right, I guess you know maybe we don't need to say rookies anymore. Like, I know they are technically that. But at this point, because of how deep they are into this season, they play 20 damn games like they 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 let go of veteran corners they moved on like they've made their decision about this i just feel like once once you get to that stage it's like i don't you know i don't feel like the team
1: plays them like that they don't restrict
3: what they're capable of doing
1: well we get these cliches that happen all the time and i i think every year in kansas city they they have their own version of of the cliches and justin reed came up with one which is (laughs) they're not rookies anymore and before we left Kansas City, I was talking to Jalen Watson at the podium and asking him how pumped up he is that these rookies are playing so well. He gives me the, what, rookies? And, look, Ooh. yes, the cliché is annoying. That's a fire thing to say back it, at somebody. point. It's a swagger, and it, it, in a way, and I, I know it's a completely different team, but it reminds me of that vibe that, that Tyron Matthew had where he would just talk about championship swagger. And this isn't the same type of thing, but I think it's like a cousin of it where – these rookies just don't care. I, they legitimately do not care that this is going to be their first game, their first year, and they're playing the final weekend of the NFL season for the championship. And that's such a good thing, right, because you have two really good receivers. you got a good tight end on the other side, a good running attack. They're going to need to be ready.
0: We are broadcasting from Pub Rock Live. Of course, our coverage from Arizona is brought to you by Baker University and ray gun all right so injury report we're going to find that out and when we do it Let's uh get check. that during the show we will certainly let you guys know what's going on but what 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 has been also the other interesting thing for you on opening night and throughout this week already Pete? because uh, we saw at opening night of course that you yeah. know donna kelsey brought some cookies for the for the kelsey uh her sons yeah. the kelsey brothers what, what what do you make of that storyline heading into this game and is it overblown already I talked to Nick about this off
1: air, and I'll bring it on air now. I, I think I'm ready for the love fest between the Chiefs and the Eagles to end okay. at a certain point here. I, you want them to start fighting? It, I don't want them to start fighting, but I, I dig, or I, I guess I should say I dug the Chiefs and the attitude oh, that yeah. they had with the Bengals, and the Bengals having the attitude. And you could really tell that that's a, an angry, real rivalry that's going to continue on next year. They're scheduled to play each other next year. Yeah, no, we get to opening night, and I get it. Opening night is all fun and games. The Donna Kelsey thing is fun. I <laughs> think the, the cookie thing is fun. But I, you go on Instagram, you got a shared – not that Instagram matters, but you've got a shared post between the Chiefs and the Eagles. It's like, oh. I think it I think, you think there's too it? much
0: respect almost for Andy with the tie there and
1: then the Kelsey brothers. Andy, and Andy Reid always does this. I mean, he doesn't like to provide any bulletin board material, but just being a little bit over-complimentary about the Eagles organization, and it's like – yeah, I understand. It is only Wednesday, but at a certain point on Sunday, you're going to have to turn it on, and you got to be ready to smack smack the Eagles in the face. So, and look, I think the Chiefs are more
3: than capable of doing that. When we talk about, the, just out of curiosity, I'm curious at a poll, because I know Pete has said he thinks the Chiefs might have already played their hardest game. That doesn't necessarily mean the opponent. Do we think the Eagles are the, second best, the, are the, the toughest opponent they've played? Is this the best team? Are these the two best teams? I know that's like an old adage, but... I mean, they both did go 14 and 3 in their conferences. They were both the bye teams. They both ended up in the Super Bowl, and I feel like because the Eagles got an Look, easy pat to the Super Bowl, I mean, I don't know that you said you thought the, the Cincinnati. Cincinnati was the best team. Here, Do you the thing.
0: still feel that way? If Cincinnati had a fully healthy offensive line, then I think we could still be sitting here and saying that Cincinnati was the best team the Chiefs played all year. Um, Philadelphia is healthy, right? Philadelphia, Philadelphia is healthy, specifically on the offensive line. I think Cincinnati, as a full 53, uh, healthy is a more daunting opponent. They weren't healthy and then the Chiefs obviously played fantastic when they needed yeah. to. Against Philly though, they have the better they have the better roster, but she's such a different style than what the Chiefs have seen offensively. I know that there's not
1: a ton of NBA fans in Kansas City, but you probably know enough about the NBA to know what I'm saying when you think about the years ago when the West was so much better than, than the the East. And I I think the AFC and the NFC have a little bit of that going on right now. The AFC has some stud teams and some elite teams Whereas I think the NFC is just a little bit of an easier road. So it's like 14-3 seems less real now, to you. The catch there, though, is the Eagles just beat the piss out of teams,
2: right? <laughs> yeah. It, Oh it, yeah. It's not like
1: it's not like they're barely getting by the NFC. They have these opponents in front of them, and there are no question even in the playoffs of them winning these football games. So there's a little bit of that. I, I just I tend to think that the Bengals might be the second-best team in the NFL. And I, I, I still feel that way midweek. Maybe maybe I'll be wrong about that when this game starts, but I, I just tend to think the Kansas City Chiefs are the better team. Should they take care of the football and not make dumb mistakes, I think they win this game.
3: Which they have completely eradicated, by the way. Nick, do you think the Eagles are the second-best team? Hey, guys. In the NFL? Yeah. You're
4: here? Yeah, I, I do. I think they're we, – we always talk about – one of the conversations I think has been kind of tired is, well – well, we did this before the Bengals game. Well, the Chiefs have maybe more stars, but the Bengals are the better overall team. The Chiefs have the better offense. The Bengals have the better overall team. I think we kind of learned in that game that we weren't paying enough attention to the guys up front, right? We talked about it yeah. a little bit at the end of the week, which was when we talk about who's the best team, we always go to skill position players, whereas the Chiefs killed the Bengals up front, both sides of the ball. Eagles have the skill position players. And they have the dudes up front. They have the guys in They're the better trenches. Than Cincinnati. So when we talk about roster, they have no weaknesses. The only thing that you could point to with, with them and say is, I don't know if I trust the quarterback. I haven't seen Jalen Hurts in this big game. but yeah, we He's saw not him. healthy. He's not but, healthy. But Everybody s- mentions the a- ankle for, for Mahomes. Right. So if, if you want to go with health, that's fine. But if we're just looking at the totality of that roster, top to bottom, there are no weaknesses on that team. I think this is the best team in the NFC, certainly, aside from the Chiefs, I think they're the best team in the
1: NFL. They, they don't have a, a better quarterback than Kansas City, though, and I, I just think that's a big difference. You know, you, you go back to that Tampa Bay-Kansas City Super Bowl where the Chiefs had the backups of the backups and the backups along the offensive line, and they also had Tom Brady, and Tom Brady playing good football, not this version of Tom Brady that we got this year. And I just think that Patrick Mahomes is so far ahead of Jalen Hurts right now I don't say that too loud. We are in Arizona, and there is Philly <laughs> media around, and there are <laughs> Philly fans around. I don't want to hear anything about that. But this is a soon-to-be, what, tomorrow, a two-time MVP. This is a guy who has played now It's going to be his third Super Bowl. And I just think, I understand what you're saying, Nick, and I don't necessarily disagree, but the quarterback to me is worth 51%. And I just think Mahomes and these, this Chiefs team, they're going to need maybe some extra help up front, and I think they realize that. And I think if he's able to get it, then the Chiefs should win this game based upon them having better quarterback. Pete, butt.
3: if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, will you recreate that Tom Brady photo?
1: The one where the one from his hotel bed in his underwear. He's in his underwear. Yeah, I, I I'm not, I'm not gonna do do it. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, fine, I do, I'll do it. <laughs> fine. I know I do that was your next should. question. Yeah, Nick,
4: Nick will will do it. Whatever, I guess. If that's what the people need, if that's what Chiefs <laughs> Kingdom wants, that's what
1: Cheaps <laughs> Kingdom
0: gets. <laughs> There's already a shirtless video of me out there this week. That's all I can have. One week. I can't. I can't do anything more than <laughs> that. A <laughs> One a week. I, I think, gotta limit it.
1: I think you were shirtless and you caught cold, and then the next day all of a sudden you just were. were something, commission. man. Maybe something it was a little chilly out in that that video. We are video
0: uh, broadcasting from Pub Rock Live in Arizona. It is where all the Chiefs fans hang out, and it's been a great crowd here today. We're just getting started, though, on Arrowhead Pride Radio. When we come back, we'll talk more about what Kansas City is going to specifically have to do offensively against that defensive front of Philly right here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back inside Arrowhead Pride Radio live in Arizona. We are at Pub Rock Live, hanging out till seven o'clock for those of you back in Kansas City. Alex Gold, Pete Sweeney, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwert with you, and we're waiting still the injury report. When we get that, we'll we'll let you know to make sure everything's square for the Chiefs so far as practice today. But but Pete, offensively for Kansas City, other than of course Patrick Mahomes and, and how well he's gonna play, who's the next most important player for Kansas City on Sunday night?
1: Well we've we've talked about the, the defense and what they're able to do. And we've seen good defenses in the past find a way to curb Travis Kelsey for at least some portion of the game. So for me, it's that next pass catcher after Travis Kelsey. And I, I'd like to say Juju. Again, we're gonna get the injury report coming up here soon. But assuming he's healthy and able to go, I think he has to be a factor in this game. And I think next after that is Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon as far as being a pass protector for Patrick Mahomes because, again, we know about the Eagles and their ability to put pressure on the, the quarterback, and then also what he offers as far as quick throws. Whereas, okay, the Eagles are bringing the heat, get rid of it, check it down, get it to McKinnon. And McKinnon has this knack better than really any other chief maybe on the roster as far as taking a screen pass juking and then all of a sudden getting four five six yards at least on every play so i know i'm cheating a little bit here but i'll say juju and then my my second side answer is is jarek mckinnon
3: i do think i know they're not going to run it a ton because they're the kansas city chiefs and he's andy Reid. i actually think the running game matters a little philadelphia's defense has given up the 15th most rushing yards in the nfl i mean it's not like a crazy number but the eagles give up
1: talking right? about Rojo, or you have a specific back in mind? No,
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think
1: Pacheco would oh, okay,
3: be the okay. answer, I, so all it right. turns out.
0: All right. look, I, look, McKinnon's— Clyde, you're sure it's not Clyde either? Yeah. Clyde.
3: Dude, if they give it to Clyde, <laughs> I'm going to be so annoyed. Is Derek they should keep him available? as far away <laughs> from the offense as possible. The answer is Pacheco. Melvin Gordon. He matters a little bit. And for the first time all season in this last game, we have not made nearly as big enough a deal about Pacheco's contribution in the passing game in that last game. Yeah, He had five catches for 59 yards. That might be greater than an entire season output. Pacheco Pacheco had a huge game for the Chiefs from the receiving department, and I think it's because they didn't think they were going to throw it to him. Rough pressure, they're trying to test the ankle, and they're like, they won't throw it to Pacheco. The most catches he has in a game is two, and they were wrong. They just fed it to him over
1: and over, and he had six targets too. You could tell that he's really developed that part of his game, and it hasn't really clicked in until the end of the season here. I, I, do wonder, not to go back to just, well, Cody, but McKinnon, but I, I think it's a little strange that McKinnon is just on this tear, part-time player, wins December January, AFC Player of the Month, and then they just don't use him in the first two games. Is that? I assume a just because he was blocking
3: more because of the ankle. His snaps were
1: down though in general, but right? I mean, wouldn't I just yeah, wonder uh, if they re-re the re- debut, yeah. Jerick McKinnon little bit of a secret weapon type thing
3: well they did that with chris jones like i'll give him this the chiefs have done that 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 move like against yeah. cincinnati to put chris jones in the middle the whole time yeah and then just be like nope rug yep. pulled out sorry we're actually playing chris jones across the defensive line and now you have to prepare i just kind of felt like mckinnon's involvement was down because they wanted him to block for patrick
0: holmes in the ankle yeah pro- probably i mean that's i think that's a possibility I, I think the only difference between what they did with chris jones in the regular season matchup, and wanted to, to save, you know, what what look they were going to show. Since the, there's not like they didn't play the same opponent three weeks ago. Like so I, I don't I don't know the idea of like why they would save it now. As far as redebuting him, just in terms of getting him back involved, yeah, Pete, I think there's a chance we could we could see that. But I also wonder if it's like the postseason a year ago, where yep. it started to seem like McKinnon was going to be this X factor, and then he really never did much last postseason right, for right. Kansas City. We all thought the lat was it the last regular season game and the Pittsburgh Wild Card yeah. game. Like, oh man, this is a guy that. We didn't even account for it, and then nothing really came from it. The
1: cool thing about Pacheco, going back to that original point, is that his ceiling is something we don't even know, right? We weren't sure if he could be this pass-catching back and, and do damage like he has recently, and I, I still don't think we know the limit of him. So could be a case where they're trusting him more as a, a pass protector. They like the ball in his hands, and maybe he is that guy that gets – 15 or so carries, and who knows, four or five catches in this game.
3: How many guys do you think on this team aren't on this team next year? We were going on the ones we were sure weren't, because they only got about half the roster. It's like you could be like Snead or yeah. Juju or Jarek McKinnon or Orlando Brown. There's tough you got to coach him did. with Eric bien enemy. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a just or a Juan Thornhill.
1: Juan Thornhill. I, he's gone. I think he's it, – it's tough because I like Juan a, a lot does great with us and I, I think he's a pretty good player for kansas city i think somebody's going to pay him more than kansas city is yeah. if you really examine how kansas city operates its roster if it can and they've been doing this since the dorsey days when i was covering them back in whatever that was 14 15 they work a year ahead in the draft and they like to okay we're going to bring nick bolton in anthony hitchens we'll we'll teach him hey brian cook okay uh, anthony <laughs> hitchens i'll thank you for your services and take your ring and now it's Nick Bolton's show. I think a similar thing has happened here with Brian Cook, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's I think Juan Thornhill is one of the first names that, that, that comes to mind. After that, I mean, guys, we already mentioned McKinnon, but like that's always going to be a question anytime we're talking about running backs anyway. It's a one-year deal. McKinnon, we didn't think was going to be back after this past season, as a matter of fact. So I don't think just because he's been so effective that we should automatically assume yeah. that Jarek McKinnon is going to be back in the mix. He just
3: won't be expensive, though, man. Like, he's just going to be so cheap. Be like, well, how much is he going to get? I'm like, he's a 30 year old running back.
1: You know how much he's going to get? One year and $3 million. He pulled the Because cor- that's all running backs get. He pulled the Cordell, the 30 year old breakout for a running back. It just doesn't happen. We've seen it now twice with these two guys Cordell Patterson, I'm talking about in Atlanta, and now Jarek McKinnon. And I think maybe back in the day, NFL teams would have been like, that's a running back we need on our team. <laughs> teams are just generally a bit more smarter about that now. Yeah. And honestly, as much
3: as Jarek McKinnon's been a star for this team this year, if they can lose Tyree Kill in a season, and we could be sitting here in Arizona as they're getting ready to play in their third Super Bowl, four a years, say
1: trade Kelsey. I, I,
3: he said that uh, three, like three years, <laughs>
0: three years ago, three years oh ago. Oh my
3: God! I thought he said it this year.
1: <laughs> no, no, no!
3: no, no I'm no, taking no, no. the opposite Co- approach. A couple years. You ago. do realize that my stance on this show is Travis Kelsey will never age. He'll just he'll decide to stop playing football, mm-hmm. but he'll decide to stop playing football as an 1,100 yard receiver, 10 touchdown guy. He'll never age. He's unstoppable, and Kelsey's the only guy I don't want them to trade, as a matter of so fact. You feel but good you about him
1: beating, beating Gonzalez, I would, I would imagine, at some point. He's
3: already the best tight end in NFL history, so, yeah, I think he can beat Tony okay. Gonzalez. Yeah. Also, his playoff stuff, that's the other part. Like, You're talking about like who's the most important player. Travis Kelsey, in the last four playoff runs, of which three have ended up in a Super Bowl trip, one's ended up in a Super Bowl win, and hopefully we'll be talking about that same thing on Sunday. He averages seven catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. That's just like a run-of-the-mill Super Bowl game. A run-of-the-mill playoff game for yeah. Travis
1: Kelsey. Just rolls out of bed, seven catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. I, I think the Chiefs always feel a little bit better, and you feel a lot better about games and when they start getting Travis Kelsey involved early. These games where you don't see Kelsey for a quarter, you don't see him for two quarters, that those are usually the games that are a lot closer and a little bit more dangerous for the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: This is Arrowhead Pride Radio live in Arizona at Pub Rock Live and our coverage is brought to you by Baker University and Ray Gun. We're all wearing some Ray Gun shirts. We'll get we'll get Pete uh, to wear. We'll one. get Pete one well, we'll work on that during the break. We'll get Pete to wear. We'll tell you which shirts, wearing. We'll tell you which shirts we're wearing and Pete's wearing a little bit later on as well. But up next we asked Pete uh, and all of us about the offense other than Mahomes who has to step up. Let's do the same thing and take a look at that defense as the Chiefs get set to take on Philly Sunday. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Arrowhead Pride Radio live in Arizona at Pub Rock Live, hanging out for the next uh, half hour still or so. Pete there Sweeney, Cody Tapp, myself, Alex Gould, Nick Schwartz, all hanging out. Dane and Hughes just walked in the building as well. We got Neil Smith, Nick Lowry, Christian Okoye hanging out here as well. We also, let's go through the shirts. So Ray Gunn, who of course is sponsoring some of our coverage in Arizona, uh, made some t-shirts that tie into our show. That's correct. Uh, Cody and Gold, that uh, we do on Middays, obviously, Pete. Yeah. And uh, we got, well, Co- Cody's wearing a what? It says, the name is
3: Marquez.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, that would be Marquez, because you're saying it wrong, right? And then you got
2: to <laughs> That's true, Pete. Yeah. The name. That's, yes. That's true. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, I'm wearing a Joe Burrow shirt. If you saw Aaron Ladd from our friend over at 41. Uh, yeah. Smoking that Joe smoking Burrow. Smoking that Joe Burrow. Smoking that Joe Burrow is a good shirt. Uh, what, is, what is Nick
1: wearing at this stage? The Nick's Jody Fortson shirt. Yeah, which yeah, that, fits. Which right? one do you want? I, Georgie, Georgie, putting pie stuff. I'm for not going to put on a Cody Gold shirt. I'm on Arrowhead Pride Radio, so this is a, a Len Dawson, Charlie Hustle, Charlie Hustle shirt right now. Come on though, but look, there's
3: still some choices. There's. Wait, I'm with Mitch. You could just get, take Mitch Hults's shirt. It says, "I'm Mitch Holtis. You know, I'm
1: looking at these shirts, and I got to say, it's 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 a familiar. Layout. Where have I seen this shirt? Well, Ray Gun, man. Ray you Gun, man. I've seen it in the Creed is Good Creed class. is good! That's what, that's, that's
0: generally where how I've most of the, the yes. Ray Gun shirts okay. work. All we right. also have the gargling. Gargling in <laughs> the, the sweet nectar, nectar of the yeah. end zone. That's yeah. a bit how, how many shirts share?
4: do you have that have the word gargling <laughs> on it? Zero. <laughs> well,
1: I mean. In Kansas City or here? In general. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Everybody, you know what? I just walked
1: around the bar. And I had multiple people, what
4: multiple they, people ask me. What'd they say? They wanted to know if Pete would wear a Georgie Porgy Pudding Pie shirt tonight. They're
1: I think me. so. Come on, the people want me. it, baby. Uh,
4: for the people. And you, you rose both
1: hands and you said, I, I, don't, I
4: don't know if he's going to do it. And actually, Danon Hughes is in the house. Neil Smith and Danon Hughes both said that they thought it would look great on you.
1: Dana Hughes, I, I did hear someone at, at Pub Rock, and he was he was announcing Dana Hughes, and he was about to say that he loves the broadcast, but then he remembered he watches every game <laughs> here at Pub Rock, so he never hears the broadcast that Dana does. He so promised. He promised that he he listens to them after that. Uh-huh. So, so you're gonna put the shirt on or not? No, oh, I no, not too. not not right now. Wow. Well, you, what if we give
3: you Mitch Holtus's shirt? There's only one shirt in there, and it says, "Yes, I'm Mitch Holtis. What if we give you that shirt? Will you wear that? I, will, I just walk around for a little
1: bit. Here's where I'll I'll meet you in the middle. Mitch can put that shirt on, and I'll put on whatever shirt Mitch is currently wearing. So oh, we'll do wow! Shirt well. Okay,
3: you got to do the jersey swap. We we'll both that. are we'll holding. We'll take
1: it. a picture shirtless here, in <laughs> Arizona. That'd be great. <laughs>
3: yep. Give the people what they want. Is David addressing the crowd now? By the way, uh, that's, no, that's, that's Neil Smith. Smith talking. <laughs> Sorry, I can't see. Right. your Chiefs. Currently, okay. if if we're being drowned we out, that's
0: Neil Smith talking over us. Currently, we
3: have headphones on. I'm so. Oh, I, I guess I do kind of see Neil Smith. There. I'm
4: starting to get the sense yeah. that these Chiefs fans care more about <laughs> the former. Chiefs
1: keeps players than they do us. Yeah. I, and that's offensive. Yeah, it's seeming that way. <laughs> <laughs> Am I disheartened? Yeah, I mean, a little. I'm a little disheartened. Yeah. I don't appreciate
0: they, it. When they, we walked in, people said, where is the Pete Sweeney yeah. from Arrowhead Pride? That, that did happen. Wow. Uh, well, I, that's humbling. It. Very humbling. Yeah. I, I did want to get back in, though, to the game a little bit. We were talking about on the offensive side of things, who do you think has to have that big moment? So what about on defense? Other than I'll take Chris Jones out of the picture because, again, I think that's pretty sure. obvious. Sure. Who right, stands out to you? Well, it's
1: it. it's Frank Clark and just – the general defensive end position. I keep cheating at this game that I invented. You're like Frank Clark and Mike yeah, Danah and, and, Mike and Dan- George Karloftis. Yeah. I mean, it really is everybody because like they're going to be attacking both. And and Dana, very quietly, is having a nice little playoffs here for the Chiefs, and he's going to be important. And I think it's. A, getting pressure on, on Jalen Hurts, but also staying disciplined with that collegiate style offense, right? Like you can bite too much, and then all of a sudden they're up the field for 20, 25 yards. And look, Carlos Dunlap is in that mix and heard him talking yesterday and trying to analyze, okay, well, you know, what are we gonna do to, to make sure that doesn't happen? And they have all these rules on the, on the along the defensive line, and, and that's gonna be emphasized then. There's one thing that might be throwing off the Chiefs a little bit here, is it's that this style of offense is exactly the opposite of what they have faced all playoffs, where you had this, I don't want to say statue-like, but stationary quarterback that wanted to pass it in Trevor Lawrence and then Joe Burrow, and now they're going to be running and gunning and making you run laterally left and right, and I, I just think it's going to be a different type of test for the Chiefs defense.
3: I really think that the answer is Trent McDuffie. Uh, as good as their offensive line is, I think they'll have a little bit harder time getting some of that pressure, Pete. Yeah. Which means guys are going to have to cover. Yeah. And I feel like McDuffie is the kind of guy that teams still like to test some.
1: Well, isn't the guy? Shouldn't the guy then for you be wh- what the Watson-Williams combination? then? I th-
3: there's a fair answer for that because I don't think it's Sneed. I think they'll you know they use Sneed really smart. They know how to use Sneed. He knows what he's doing, and I and I think that maybe maybe Williams is the guy they'll test way 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 more. Because the thing about McDuffie is he does have some respect. Yeah. The difference between in games he is a corner for this team and games he's not is like 80 yards a game from passing offenses. Yeah. I know that it's a small sample size on both ends, so it's probably not telling the whole story. But I feel like if he could just lock – I know this sounds crazy, but if, like if he could just lock down one of those guys, like if he just makes A.J. Brown work, mm-hmm. work his ass off for it the way Jamar Chase has the last two times they faced – I feel like that that limits their offensive explosion quite a bit. You know, I I know that they're going to go with those other guys, and Joshua Williams, they like throwing at him, but I still feel like McDuffie's going to be really important.
1: It was such a cool day at in media availability early this morning because they had Brett Beach and the whole personnel staff. And if you've been listening since the drive, I talked to, with this with Carrington a little bit earlier today. I'm going to repeat it a little bit, but it just was so cool to see how pumped up the personnel staff was to have Trent McDuffie on this roster when they were initially doing their draft evaluation they really didn't even study McDuffie that much because they watched an interview with him and they said there's no chance he's going to be in the realm of where we're picking we can't trade this much capital to go up to where we're going to need to and then he fell all the way to them and got in that range a couple things happened and he was available for that trade up with the New England Patriots and they really felt on draft night man we just stole somebody and it's it's been that way the entire time. Yeah, he had the week one game right here in Arizona, got hurt for a few weeks and then came back. But he has looked like a viable cornerback, if not an above-average cornerback the entire year. Do
3: you guys think that the Chiefs thought the, about the roster the same way we did? Like they traded Tyreek Hill and they're like, ah, half step back to take ten steps forward, right? Yeah. This is the half step back and we're going to kill it. Because I, I feel like Clark Hunt openly admitted that essentially with us the other day. Like everyone was thinking, okay, we're trading Tyreek Hill. Right. Our lives going to be a horror. And we know it's going to be harder, but it wasn't.
1: They're still in the Super Bowl. They had the best record in the NFL. I've said this before, and I don't know if the Chiefs would ever publicly admit it at this point. I think this was a transitional year. Not to say, like, we're going to be in complete rebuild mode. But you looked at the rest of the division. We all were dumb and said, wow, this is the toughest division of all time. And it was horrible. It was was the worst division in in football. Okay,
3: it wasn't the worst division in football. The NFC South
1: still exists. Okay, NFC South. Both. Okay, but but, <laughs> but the, the Broncos and Raiders were bad. I mean, they oh, were they yeah. were they were bad. And, and what I what I think they were going in and say, saying, we're still a playoff team. We'll get in the dance. Hey, if it's a wild card team, it's a wild card team, and we'll see what happens. We, we got still Mahomes, a Patrick so. Mahomes exactly. And this, I think, coming together so fast, I probably would estimate it was a two year plan. The two year plan came together right away. I think it's one be- well, that probably
3: goes back to the rookies. The reason why it came together is. Uh, hi, guys, we're playing seven rookies, and they all matter, and they're all good. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's not how any of this is supposed to work. Right. You're not supposed to get a starting caliber defensive end, three starting corners, uh, a starting running back, like a backup safety, a backup linebacker. That's not supposed to be <laughs> like a single draft, I don't think. Right. I don't think any team goes in thinking that's how they're going to do it.
0: The other yeah. player, though, guess I, I agree with you on McDuffie, but I think Nick Bolton is also kind of the other guy. Sure tackling, has to have a sure tackling game. Yeah. I know he's healthy now, but he, what, a week or two? A couple weeks ago, right before the Cincinnati game, he was limited with, like, an ankle injury. I don't think it was a huge factor, but he has to tackle and have one of his better games in the middle of the field. We know that Philadelphia is going to run on this team, and let's say they are able to run and, and move the the, the – Uh, line of scrimmage against the defensive front. Well, then who's then the next guy there, right? It's going to be guys like Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. They have to be sure tacklers. If Miles Sanders breaks anything past them, then obviously all bets are off at that point. So I think that's key for the running game as much as anything. Nick Bolton would be one of the guys that I focus in on.
1: What did you say last week Alex about the the sacks if 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 X happened the sacks? Yeah,
0: I said if Chris Jones got a sack in the game the Chiefs would win.
1: Yeah, I feel that way just about ball security in general. Not to just flip it right back to offense, but I You don't turn it over. I just think if the, the Chiefs if yeah, if if they you don't see what ha- was happening, remember it was a sickness in the middle of the year. So long as that doesn't happen and they take care of the football, Patrick Mahomes doesn't make any gaffes where he throws an interception and they hold on and, and don't fumble and, and lose the ball, I, I think I think the Chiefs are going to be in really good shape to, to win this game.
0: We're broadcasting live from Pub Rock Live in Arizona. This place is nuts. It's been packed ever since we arrived. It was, it was started around 2 o'clock or so. This uh, pub the, is rocking. Yeah, you could say it is. Yeah. You, you could say it is rocking, Nick. Really? We got the injury report, by the okay, way. Okay, when we come back here on Arrowhead Pride Radio, we'll get everybody's reaction to the latest injury report out today for the Chiefs. And Eagles on Sunday right here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
3: He matched Aaron's energy. We're back. We're back.
0: (laughs) All right. <laughs> we are back. Hey, you know what? It's it's live radio on remote. Who cares, right?
3: It's, it's really loud and Dane and I Joe were talking Burrow. about smoking on that
0: Joe Burrow. Smoking on that Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> We're back <laughs> on Arrowhead Pride More Radio. Pub Rock Still Live dancing on the Grave. <laughs> Dane Hughes, as you can tell, has joined us up here as well. Alex Cole, Pete Twitty, Cody Tap, Nick Schwert, and of course, former Chiefs wide receiver and part of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dane Hughes, who uh people, you're very popular, man, when you walked in the door, Danon.
2: I told everybody I was Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. That's how much gasoline they got in them. They <laughs> didn't even know. You no. know, I to look at you. You and Joe I do have a little bit well, of resemblance. You're both so very cool. Yeah. yeah, we went to Jamaica after yeah. we retired.
1: <laughs> Pete, you oh, were going to give us an injury man. update? Yes, yeah, so really, really good injury update. We got our first one of the week. They have to file these Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Only player who was limited was Kadarius Toney. Everybody else is a full participant. So we were wondering about Ooh. Juju Smith Schuster. That is very, very good Juju. news when it comes to Juju. The knees can be fickle, Dana, you know, as you know. Oh, yeah. So, Juju should be good to go.
2: Yeah, the, like you said, the knees can be fickle at times, but I feel like when you get to this point, especially if you're a guy like Juju who's not ever gotten to this, yeah. like, you've got to suck it up. Right. You've got to do what you can. I played with guys. I actually had tendinitis uh, where, <laughs> crazy as it sounds, my tendonitis was so bad that when I planted, I screamed, oh, wow. like literally running a route. And when I got to the top of the route, I'd be like, ah, <laughs> and make and have to make the cut and make the play or run down on kickoffs or whatever. Like but, it's like giving away your cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no wonder why I didn't get the ball thrown to me. <laughs> but zero uh, targets. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that, this is one of those situations where it's like, suck it up for 60 minutes, and yeah. you got several months to re- recoup and and uh, rehab or do whatever is necessary because this is the biggest game of your life. I do wonder about Tony. I,
1: I know that limited doesn't necessarily mean he'll be out of the mix, but I think that does leave some kind of question as to whether or not he'll play in this game. He is a guy that is fantastic when he's fully healthy, David, yeah. but we're just always wondering whether or not he's going to be able to go.
2: Yeah, you can't make the club in the tub. And you can be a great, great talent, but unless you can be consistent on the field – you know, it almost becomes a negative at times because you have a part of the game plan, you're dedicating part of practices, and then if you're not able to kind of showcase that on the field, it limits everything else you do. I think it's one of the dumbest rules. It kind of brings me to a point of the dumbest rules in the NFL, although there are very, there are a bunch, having the that you can only suit up a certain amount of guys yeah. instead of the full 52 yeah. is the dumbest rule ever. I feel like they're going to revisit that because of, the debacle with the 49ers yeah. and not having a quarterback. But everybody's getting paid. All 52 guys get their 1 18th of their salary every single game. So to to have those six, what is it, seven, six, no, five guys now because you have 47 you have five sitting, to have those five guys, not talking about the practice squad guys, but just sitting and wearing a baseball cap on the sideline is the dumbest thing in the world. So I say that because when you bring up Kadarius Tony. Yeah. That's a question mark that whether or not he's going to play, but it also creates a question mark on who could possibly be in that slot. Well, he's such a unique
1: player too, so if you get him in a game plan, it's like I don't know how many Kadarius Tonys achieved. So you, you almost get to a point where can we even game plan to use some of those strengths that he only offers.
2: Exactly. So there's so many facets to it, Pete, because, like, there's a kid that's on this team. It could be Marcus Kemp. Could be somebody like that that paid for his family to come, bought tickets for his family, and might get a tap on the shoulder thirty minutes before the game saying you're you're inactive. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Like, even if you do the inactives during a regular season, I feel like every team should have full usage of their entire roster for postseason and Super Bowl. If not for no other reason. For that reason. Wait, does it doesn't, like, honest to God, was it for, like, was it supposed to be a strategy thing?
3: It doesn't make any sense to be like, hey, they you never, have a 52-man they, roster, but, but, hey, or 53-man, but, but five of those guys aren't here on game you You're like, what? What's an exception
1: with the quarterbacks that they used to be
3: able they to have a to. third, and yes. they took that away?
2: They took that away. Well, actually, the NFL didn't take it away. What teams did was use it for another position. Ah, there you go. And, and, then they so, took it away. and so they took it away themselves as opposed to the NFL doing it. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense if at all. them anyway, you'd think the teams would want them. Yeah, I mean, I think back to my rookie year. I got a- I got activated off a of practice squad in week 9 or 10 on Monday Night Football, and I was active the rest of the year. Active in the playoffs. Got to the AFC Championship. Marty Schottenheimer is my coach. He is He's known for being a veteran guy, like not liking veteran players. I, there's a part of me that believes, even though I was a starting punt returner, kick returner in the AFC Championship, I was the number three or four receiver, there's a part of me that says if we would have made the Super Bowl, I probably would have been deactivated. And to think I would have had family and paying all that money, it just never sat well with me that whatever this strategy or reasoning is, with the NFL, that you can't have all 52 guys suit up for the biggest game of their lives.
0: Danon Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver, joining us here on Arrowhead Pride Radio, live in Arizona at Pub Rock Live. This is a place that's been packed for hours now, Danon When you look at the, uh, the the fan bases, and we know Philly's passionate, obviously Kansas City's as passionate as they come. You were in Miami in 2019, so, what, so far this early on in the week, what do you make of what we've already seen from Fuse fans show This now? is
2: extra special. I mean, in Miami, it was really cool. That was pre-pandemic, so everybody was around. But it was so spread out because you had Fort Lauderdale and you had other little pockets. But, like, I love these stories. And I went to the University of Iowa, so there's always Hawkeye bars everywhere. There's actually a Hawkeye bar down in Old Town that packs to the doors for every Hawkeye basketball or football game. So I'm kind of used to that. But it's always cool to kind of see, even in towns that are not Chiefs towns, that actually have an NFL team like the Cardinals here, that yet there's a bar like this that can pack it out every single game. It's really cool. And now you got, you know, the Ring of Honor guys and uh, Christian Okoye and Neil Smith and Kick with Nick Lowry. I mean, it, it's cool when those guys can engage and then I can just kind of file in behind them and, you know. <laughs> Pick up the pieces, I guess.
1: Speaking of cheese bars, <laughs> I wonder what Big Charlie's
0: in Philadelphia is going to be like. I know that. I did see, though, they're actually, because they were worried about turning people away, they're actually closing on Super Bowl Sunday after all this. Oh, they really? had a whole Facebook page. It's probably it's better. Off. Didn't, off.
2: didn't they, they rename a um, sandwich or something? Was after that bags. Didn't for they sure. say, yeah. they, would, or they said something for this week? Or was one? Oh. There was one place in Philly that renamed it Chief Steak instead of just oh. Cheesesteak. steak. Okay. Yeah,
1: whatever. Oh, I dude. like that <laughs> flexing
2: <laughs> in, there, in the in yeah. opponent's hometown. Freedom fries. I like that. Now, are you
1: Pete's like freedom eat? fries? Are you oh, like? It's a positive thing. I thought yeah. they were saying we're going to eat the Chiefs. Oh yeah. no, no,
2: no! It's like another place like this. Yeah, It's a Chiefs bar.
0: Now, Pete mentioned something earlier, Dana, that he said he's kind of done with the nice talk between the two teams. The respect. going to agree with that. The respect level that both teams have is it's time to? Is it time to start? Not necessarily trash talking, but. Done with the pleasantries. All right, let's go. So
2: this is tough for me, okay? Because I am a trash talker. <laughs> and it, like, the highlight of my career was, or I'd say almost my career was last week's win, because you got to thumb your nose in the face of the yeah. entire Cincinnati Bengals team in such a strong way yep. because of all the trash talk that they came with. But having said that, it's tough to engage with the Philadelphia Eagles that way because it's just a cool, there's so many cool stories about this that's off the field that makes it, it almost makes it a more pure football game because you got Nick Sirianni, who I knew when he was with the Chiefs. Um, You got Andy Reid, that whole tie, the Kelsey brothers. I mean, you got so many different parallels that it almost, like I almost feel good and because I'm a a, a trash talker, it kind of goes against everything that is in me. But I almost feel good that this is the, about a pure football game. Like I, I just kind of, there's something about me that, like, we got aside from it last week. We buried that, the Cincinnati Bungles, and we got uh, the job done. And now we can just play pure football. I think there's an aspect that's cool about that.
1: I like the nastiness. I,
2: I, look, <laughs> I do too. I'm <laughs> telling you. I this, love I, the Cincinnati. I, that's the New Yorker at a That's right. I, <laughs>
1: forget about I, it. I like all the storylines too. I think it's we're starting to get a little later in the week. I love me some Donna Kelsey. I love the, the <laughs> duo jersey. Let's put the cookies away and let's get ready to smack <laughs> the Eagles in the mouth. Could you imagine if it turned out Donna
3: Kelsey wasn't playing both sides, but she had actually spiked one? <laughs> half oh half. wow! Just like a, like a WWE-style heel turn. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Donna's like, you yeah, know what?
2: I don't support both my kids. I only love one the most. She's got Velcro. She's got a Velcro jersey <laughs> yeah. underneath that. Whoever wins, she's gonna. That's pull what well. I'm
0: wondering. Is she gonna be on the field with the the split jersey, or if whoever wins, does she go full jersey for the son that actually won the Super Bowl this time?
2: So what I would do is I would sell the rights. <laughs> <laughs> Make some money off of yeah, it yeah, yeah, and have a whole different unique jersey made with some company paying her five figures.
3: I'm telling you, man, as a person who had a lot of siblings, the amount of, like, sitting around Thanksgiving dinner with my brother who beat me in the Super Bowl,
2: I'd never oh, live yeah, in yes. town. It would <laughs> be the worst. And Ultimate. how about that? Yeah. Imagine it being you and your brother and you have a podcast. And uh, you got
1: to talk about it on and,
2: Tuesday. <laughs> and, like, if you win, like, if I, if I was your brother – and we had the podcast and I won. I would never talk about it until you said something obnoxious.
3: You'd be like, "You know, like, I think uh, that they're the best team, are they?" Yeah, ring.
2: Like, you know, like our <laughs> team was last year when we beat you. That's how like <laughs> I, I, I would end every show like yeah. that. That's always so biting,
1: dude.
0: The, the, they're fortunate that they're
1: not going against each other on the same at the same time. Yeah. I think that would be even worse.
0: Man, the party is just getting started, though, in Arizona. It is Wednesday, and there's already a ton of Chiefs fans, some that already live in the Valley, some have already made the trip out. I cannot wait to see what the rest of the week is going to look like. This has been Arrowhead Pride Radio, live from Hub Rock Live. And we will be, of course, still giving you plenty of coverage throughout the week. Pete, I know, is doing a great job over at Arrowhead Pride as well. Thanks to Dane and Hughes for stopping by a little bit. We appreciate Pub Rock Live for having us out here. And, of course, this show (laughs) is also brought to you by Baker University and Ray Gunn. We'll talk to you guys later beginning tomorrow morning as well. And, of course, Dusty Likens coming up right after us here on 610 Sports Radio.